Hello and welcome back to the Start to Glamping Business podcast. Uh, today's guest is Tyler Watts from Broad River Campground in Mooresboro, North Carolina. Uh, Broad River is a, is a large campground that encompasses uh, camping spots, RV spots, glamping units, uh, and has a load of amenities. And we're going to really dive into what it's like to manage a resort such as that today. Uh, but first, Tyler, as we always do, could you please just give a, a little bit of an overview of your your campground, uh, what's included, kind of how much you charge, and, and just a general sort of overview. Sure. So uh, I'm Tyler Watts, uh, Broad River Campground, and we are getting ready to be uh, at 56 RV sites. Um, I started out on phase one with 16. Uh, Here in about four weeks, we're opening up another 40 RV sites, which is phase two for us. So that will put us at a total park uh, breakdown of 56 RV sites, 10 of the cabins, five glamping domes, and five tent sites. Uh, we have an 82-acre track of land located just about an hour west of Charlotte, North Carolina. And when we purchased it, uh, it was uh, hunting land for the last 30 years. And we took a raw piece of hunting land and built a destination resort. And so far, it's been wide open, a million miles an hour. And we didn't know what we were doing, uh, but uh, we we muscled through it a lot. We made a lot of mistakes, but uh, we've done a few things right because people are still showing up, spending money, and we're super excited about it. Um, if you want me to dive into a little bit to the uh, the pricing, is that right? Uh, yeah, if you could give us a, an overview of, of your day rates, particularly for, for the glamping units as well. Okay. Yeah, so uh, real quick, our, our RV sites are, are, are typical 50 to $75 a night, depending on holidays. Cabins are anywhere from 150 to 200 a night, depending on holiday weekends, weekends versus uh, weekdays. Uh, glamping domes are roughly about the same. Uh, they're averaging around $175 a night. Um, and, the, and again, you know, you come in on July 4th, it might be a little more pricier versus, you know, staying through the week during the summer. And our tent sites average around 25, 30 bucks a night. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the, the campground business. Uh, that's a long story. So uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm a 2011 graduate of UNC Charlotte uh, with a civil engineering degree. I went that path, thought I was going to take over the world being an engineer. Did that for about seven years. To be honest with you, I hated it. I hated it, and uh, I got bit by the real estate bug shortly after getting into engineering. Started out with buying just a single family home, bought another one, uh, kind of scaled from that way. Started going into the rental side of the business as far as just buying hold investments. Um, had an opportunity in 2017 to go, come on full time with the group that I'm on with now and become a real estate developer. And uh, our background is student housing uh, apartments, which is what I was already tinkering in part time. And so naturally, I gravitated towards it. We grew that business. 2020 hit, and apartment complexes skyrocketed on value. Uh, banks were tough to get loans with. Uh, market was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Everything was just going straight up. So I, part of my job responsibility with the company I'm with is development and new, uh, new projects. Started scouring the internet, started thinking, I don't sleep a lot. And uh, so I come up with this great idea uh, and it's turned out pretty good to build an RV park from scratch. And I've never built anything in my life. Uh, build a couple of rocking chairs that don't really rock, but uh, uh, convince the group I'm with, uh, with my energy and determination to make something happen that we can make it work. And so that was an idea that struck in 2020, and we opened our first phase of Broad River Campground July 1st of 2022. And uh, so we're very excited. And it's gone well since then? 
we were fully booked our very first weekend. It's kind of a funny story. We literally, it was like a, a, a ants everywhere on uh, July 1st, which was that Friday, 2022. And we didn't open the park till 12 o'clock. And literally, we were running around at 6 a.m. that morning just going crazy, getting flowers, getting mulch, getting all the little details done. And then like 12.05, the first guest pulls in, and we're all like, <laughs> what do we do now? So uh, uh, it was a little bit of a surreal moment, but we had a fully booked park, and we – uh, we have been rocking and rolling ever since. Not that's not to say we hadn't hit hiccups here and there like any other business, but uh, we are very, very grateful and, and feel very blessed with the response we've got so far. And, and touching on that background of being in the in the rental game and particularly student housing, did you pick up any kind of applicable skills and learnings from from that background that you've taken into managing a, a large resort like this? Of course, yeah, yeah. So civil engineering obviously is is somewhat development there. So I had that background, and then when we got in the apartment business full time, or when I did, um, we focused on value add apartments. So a lot of it was uh, doing total renovations, a couple complexes we took all the way down to the stud. So the plumbing, the electrical um, stuff of that nature, some of your major components, we had developed relationships with with uh, contractors uh, locally already. So we utilized that to our advantage uh, for the development of the park. Um, there's there's still a lot to learn, but but uh, we were definitely uh, was able to take some of those connections and contractors and bring them in uh, to the RV industry with us. Yeah, and and you know, I imagine there is a, a pretty significant difference between managing a construction process or, or or you know redevelopment of of for example student housing versus developing from from pretty much scratch a, a whole resort. So how did you kind of what, what was the whole process for starting and managing and finishing that whole development process? You know, from the physical construction to zoning, permitting, etc. I imagine that was quite an ordeal. Yeah, yeah. So, so George Slimbo, who's the president of our company, um, got a 40-year record in development, new construction, and apartments. So, utilized a lot of his mentorship to be able to get through the zoning and the engineering side of things and what we needed, what we didn't need, where to spend money, where not to spend money, stuff of that nature. So, I was able to piggyback off of him. You know, they always say a shortcut to success is a mentor, and I am the definition of a product of that. Um, so, I was able to get through that, all the zoning and stuff, which is primarily where I handle a lot of the paperwork. Uh, made a great connection with a contractor as I went back in 2018 who helped uh, do apartments renovations for us and has stayed on with us. Um, and and he's we actually graduated high school together. Uh, he, uh, he's got the same ambition as me. He's like, if I don't know it, I'm willing to learn it and I'm willing to make it work and, and work, work the long hours. So when you put, uh, he serves a lot as our project manager. When you put his project management to the to the table and, and then you know all the office back end paperwork to me we really balance each other out and then we go from there um and, and it's been a great uh, model it's worked for us we hope to continue to grow it and uh and yeah so we went through the permitting and then we decided you know what we're going to move the dirt ourselves so we went to caterpillar and we rented us two pieces of equipment and we still have them on rent and uh we we started moving dirt and not saying we were right or wrong uh we we we, we made a few mistakes along the way but uh we you know, building this RV park was a little bit of a um, a build design, not a design build. Mm-hmm. So we kind of built it. Then we called our engineer up and said, hey, bring your GPS pole out here. We need you to GPS all this. Let us see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, obviously when you're building an RV park, you know, you're taking into account topography. You're taking into account trees. You're trying to mix everything. You're not just trying to scrape the dirt and build a flat level ground. So you got to use the land and how it, you know, how the land is, the topography of it, you got to be able to use it to your advantage. Um, so that's what we did. We hired a soil scientist, which is a major, 
major undertaking in the RV park industry. Happy to talk about that a little bit. That really derives how your park's going to lay out. And, yeah, please, uh, please please do go into uh, into that in a little bit more detail. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, if you're if you're out, obviously a lot of people build RV parks where there's not sanitary sewer, there's not a city hookup. So you're um, uh, you're you have to put in septic system, um, which is not the end of the world. Um, it's definitely doable, um, but the problem with putting in septic is you got what they call if you deal with a soil scientist, they'll say you got good dirt and you got bad dirt. If you got good dirt, that's where your septic system is going to go, right? If you've got bad dirt, obviously that's not where you're going to put a septic system. So what do you do with that dirt? What do you do with that uh, real estate? Um, Long story short, that's where you put your glamping dome, that's where you put your cabins, that's where you put your RV sites. Your good dirt, which is where your septic field and drain field and all that's going to go, um, you know, you leave that alone because uh, that's where, you know, when someone flushes a toilet, that's where it's got to go and absorb into the ground. So big, big undertaking. That's one of the most crucial points. You need to really get a, a soil scientist out there if you're doing a fairly large development. If you're doing a smaller one, sometimes the counties will do that for you. And I would highly, highly recommend using a soil scientist. They have more flexibility than the county. They can get more creative. Um, it's kind of like the private access sector versus the public sector um, there's definitely more options um, and, and a soil scientist is going to understand your development whereas the county it's it's bl more black and white so highly recommend doing that and that will help you lay out your park on where you need to place your uh, your clamping domes or whatever you're putting there presumably that's something that you need to to get get going early right you need to bring someone like that in uh, at the start of the process at the start of the process, they'll come out there and do soil samples, um, and they'll tell you exactly, they'll, they'll lay it out on a map. Hey, right here is where your good dirt's at, right here is where your bad dirt's at. And they'll even go into detail and tell you how much of good dirt you have. For example, how big of a septic system can you put, right? Which is the derivative of how many RV sites or how many glamping domes or how many bathhouses you can put. So big, big deal on that. And, and, and focusing specifically on the, uh, the glamping units, the geodesic domes, uh, were they in the plans from day one or were they added later on? Uh, so, uh, so it's been so funny when I first come up with this idea, everybody on my end called them marshmallows cause they look like a big, I'm like, what's a, a marshmallow? So, or an Eskimo pit, right? So it's kind of funny. Um, everyone told me, I said, you'll never rent them. You're crazy putting these on the side of a mountain in North Carolina. What is wrong with you? I said, I'm telling you now people's going to love it. And, uh, and although they've never called me and apologized for being wrong, uh, I showed them a couple of times, but it was <clears throat> my vision, our vision as a, as a development team was to build a campground that caters to all walks of life, not just RVs, not just tent people, not just cabin people, not just glampers. But we want you to be able to come back to Broad River Campground year after year and have a different experience every time you come. The glamping domes was one of our ways to be able to offer that to our guests. If you want to glamp, come there. If you want to be, you know, stay at the Hilton, come rent a cabin. If you're an RVer, come on too. If you want to uh, be rustic and, and tent camp like that's what I did growing up, come hang out with us. We wanted to be able to cater to all walks of life. So that's where the glamping, uh, you know, what idea can we bring to the table to kind of mend between tent, RV, and, and a cabin, and a glamping dome is what I come up with, and, and we ran with it. And, and have they gone well so far? They've gone really, really well. Um, they're very unique. I Googled a guy online, found a dealer in uh, uh, Florida, Dome Spaces, uh, call, called him up, said, hey, dude, I'm in North Carolina. I'm thinking about building an RV resort. He said, all right, what do you need? I said, I, I really don't know what I need. I need you to help me. So we went back and forth, back and forth, uh, landed on a, a, a dome that worked for us, and uh, he shipped them to me. Uh, we had no idea what to do with them. And uh, we got ready to put them together. And uh, kind of a funny story, 
the directions came. It was one sheet of paper with a dome that was completed. I said, okay. And it had some numbers on it. I said, okay, all right. So I called him up. I said, hey, man, uh, you got like a, a, a video or YouTube or a tutorial or like a walkthrough. And kind of a funny story. He said, I've never put one together. <laughs> I said, all righty. I said, well, it sounds like I'm making my own video. So uh, the first dome took us about a week to put together. The last four took us about a day and a half. So we did everything you could think of wrong on day on the first dome, but we did everything right on the next four. So we learned a lot. We learned a lot of little tricks and, and things. And, and again, when you do stuff on RV parks, a lot of it's custom-based. You know, are you putting this dome on a deck? Are you putting it on a concrete platform? Are you putting it on the side of a hill? There's not so many variables that come in. So, um, But we we figured out what to do and what not to do, more importantly, on dome number one, and we just ran with it. Yeah, and, and a lot of people that we speak to have questions on, you know, a lot of people do want to just do a pure glamping site but you know a fair amount of people want to do an rv glamping hybrid a campground rv glamping hybrid and they have questions about you know how how you know camping sites might affect the achievable daily rate for for a, for a glamping dome for example and how they put it on the same property so could you tell us a little bit about how you designed the site and you know where you put the the, the glamping units um in comparison to the camping sites for example and how you kind of felt your way through that process so sure. So first off, went off the soil scientist and I figured out where can I put my real estate. And then once I figured out where my real estate for, uh, for, for either RV, cabin, tent, whatever I was doing, then I went through and I said, okay, what feels better in this location? So for our cabins and domes, uh, we liked the hardwoods, the mature hardwoods. It gave more of a rustic <clears throat> feeling. Um, you're out in nature more. You've got the hardwoods surrounding you. So that real estate we used for our cabins and then the glamping domes. The glamping domes, we chose the side of the cliff just because of the views. And it just laid out with, uh, geographically, that was where our bad dirt was. So let's put some domes on the side of a cliff. Harder to put a cabin, very hard to put an RV site. You got to move a lot of dirt. Mm -hmm. So since we were already expecting to build decks, we just built a deck and, and then built a dome on top of it. Um, we also wanted the cabins a little closer to the entrance of the property just for uh, networking and exposure and marketing. Uh, they give a good feel to the park. Everybody loves to talk about them, even if you're not staying in them. They just look cool, right? Same with the domes. They're concentrated closer towards the entrance of the park. So when people actually drive in now and drive to our clubhouse, they easily see the domes. So it's a little bit of a marketing thing. Like, what do you want people to see when they drive in your park? Um, we left the RVs. They, they kind of got more of the, uh, the real estate that didn't really have any mature trees. Um, primarily just because of the, that's where more, most of our septic fields are located. It's very difficult, and a lot of people, I, I understand this too as well, a lot of people want mature trees around RV sites. It's very difficult um, and costly to build RV sites around a lot of your mature trees and stuff. Um, we had an option where we had some real estate that didn't have a lot of mature trees, so we call them trash trees. We just got rid of them and kind of and played that off. Um, because again, from a development standpoint, it's great to build and, and have everything spaced out, but there's also, you know, underwriting that goes into that to where you need to achieve certain amount of RV sites, cabins, domes, whatever, because, you know, at the end of the day, we're developers and we want to make money off of this. We want to offer a great product, but we got to be profitable to offer a great product. So, um, you know, if, if you know, 10 RV sites underwrites a lot differently than 15 or 20 or 25, obviously for financing from a bank, it makes a world of difference too. So when you take all of that and put it into a bucket and you kind of mix it up, that's kind of what came out for us. 
And you said the the, the, the the cabins and the glamping units have kind of been marketing tools as well as obviously uh, revenue generators uh, or direct revenue generators. Have you, have you found that people who maybe come and stay uh, on, on the camping site have seen the domes and maybe want to come back and, and, and for a future stay and staying those kind of unique units? We get a lot of that. So obviously the RV industry, just RVers, is a huge industry. They're, they're very predictable. They book out in advance. Um, they, they jump around to a lot of different parks. They, they, they're, they're repeat customers. And, yes, we've had a lot that, you know, uh, that they'll come, and, and then when they actually drive to phase one, they, when they drive through, they have to drive through the cabins and domes. So then they see that. So then, like, hey, next time they come, maybe they bring their RV and, and mom and dad come, but they don't have an RV. So, hey, mom and dad come stay in the cabin. We'll stay in our RV things like that, um, or maybe they just don't want to bring their RV next time. Maybe it's a little easier to travel without the RV if they're traveling from four or five hours away, so then they'll come and stay in a, ca- a cabin or a dome. But that, again, goes back to our original model of if you come and stay at the campground, at Broad River Campground, you'll be able to have a different experience every time you come. So now it's like, oh, we can RV. Oh, we can stay in a cabin. Oh, we can stay in a dome. That's kind of the thing to get that repetitive clientele to just continue to book and come back. was. Um, the, the hot topic of the park are the domes. Everybody wants to see a dome. Everybody loves talking about a dome. Everybody wants to glamp. Um, so they've been a bit big hit, and uh, and people get on there. Even we've had people that, that are RVers that get on there, and they'll they'll leave a review about the glamping dome, and they didn't even stay in it, <laughs> but just how cool they look and how they want to rebook and come back. So that's what it's all about. Hi everyone, Nick from Glamper Tech North America here, and I've just got a very quick message to announce some extremely exciting news. Since launching in July 2022, Glamper Tech North America has made a name for itself in the North American glamping industry. We've consulted on over 40 glamping projects, accumulated over 47,000 podcast downloads and plays, and we're now ready to take the next step. And with that, we're absolutely delighted to announce that we're beginning the process of developing our own glamping projects. We want you to be involved. There are more details to come, but for now, we're taking expressions of interest from prospective investors. We're so excited to get this going. It's been a long time coming and we can't wait to get you involved. So all you have to do is fill out the form in the description of this episode and we'll be in touch with more information very soon we can't wait to hear from you and we'll speak to you soon bye-bye just to round off the the development chat uh, was there any particular mistakes that you made during the development that you think you would never make again uh, if you were to do it all over again yes yes so going back to septic um we we have become very very smart on the septic side of things through a learned behavior and a costly behavior um do uh, obviously a soil scientist will definitely help you but there's also other ways of doing a development um that where you can actually um obviously there's standards on how many gallons per day an rv side or something may require there's ways to to wiggle around that in a legal way obviously with a soil scientist and an engineer so my recommendation to people that are looking to develop or that are already in developing or expanding really really ask questions and talk with your soil scientists talk with your engineers because they're good people, but they're not developers at the end of the day. And, and, and you know, they're, they're, everybody has a rule and, and, you know, three people read it, you get five different opinions. But there's ways to work around things to where you can maximize your dollar. Um, and, and septic's a big one of them. And septic's one of our biggest investments, and we were able to save uh, roughly about a little over 50 grand um, on our second phase just because we became more knowledgeable about the industry, what we can do and what, what we can't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so on to, to the park itself, you have a, a big variety of uh, amenities and activities available. So, you know, I'm just reading off my notes here. I, made, I noted down a couple. You've got a swimming pool, a book lending library, giant chess set, sets and, and all sorts. 
Um, so what are some of the most popular amenities and, and activities that you've you've got on site? And, and are you able to kind of calculate uh, the ROI that they generate or do you kind of just have to put them out there and, and, and kind of see how they go? Um, so for, uh, we wanted to develop a park that is family friendly. Obviously, uh, if you can get kids there, parents are going to show up as well. Um, and so that was our model was to attract kind of the Charlotte clientele. Um, you know, weekend getaway people that, you know, don't want to drive four or five hours, can get there on a Friday, be back home on a Sunday by, you know, lunchtime or a little after. With our park and, and us being what I'm going to call an upscale resort, we have to offer amenities. Um, so our pool was always in the master plan. We just didn't know when. We were fortunate enough to be able to get that uh, thing online. We brought it online this year. Memorial Day is when we opened it. Um, that gives guests something to do when they get to the park besides just um, uh, driving a golf cart around or, or hiking. We are on the Broad River, which is a great uh, river. I love going to it personally, but there's a lot of people uh, that, that uh, like to go camping that don't like to get in the, in the river water. They'd rather swim in the pool. Same concept, people love to go to ocean lakes, but they'll stay in a pool the whole time. They don't necessarily get in the ocean. We totally understand that. So we want to offer that to our guests. So then we started with the pool and then we added in a playground set and other amenities. Um, uh, one thing that we have constantly stayed big with is we offer weekend activities like tonight for example at seven o'clock uh, they're doing a s'mores uh, fire uh, fire pit session on friday and saturdays we always 365 days a year try to have a uh, some type of events for kids and guests to come and do um, some guests like to come and just relax the whole time we totally get that but a lot of people bring their 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 um, their kids the cabins sleep six to eight so if the kids are there, they want to get out and go do something, right? Parents want something for them to do. Um, ROI is hard to calculate, but I will tell you this. Um, if you have, We have seen a drastic increase in booking since we started offering events. Um, and it's nothing crazy like the s'mores kit tonight. Like, uh, I, I, you know, it might cost uh, the campground 10 or 15 bucks. You know, we'll go to Walmart, grab the s'mores kits, you know, we'll kind of make them ourselves. We have them uh, for sale in the camp store as well if people want to buy them. And, pe you know, kids come out there, they roast a marshmallow, they make a s'more. It's, it's, it's nothing real costly and people enjoy that. And then we'll do like a movie night. Movies cost nothing. You know, come in our clubhouse, we'll have a movie night one night. We try to do uh, fun activities, but we also budget friendly for the park. So so it, gives, it kills two birds with one stone. It gives the guests something to do and it doesn't break our bank. And it's been a big hit, a big success. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bigfoot or Nobby, but uh, we found out he resides on the property uh, and, uh, and he makes uh, appearances at the park. He's been a sensation. And, uh, you know, that wasn't a huge investment for the park, but people love that. People love taking videos and selfies and TikToks and then they tag us in it so um you know the the events are are i'm gonna say the roi on them is is unmeasurable yeah. is, is is not unlimited because it it does so much marketing for you it keeps the guest happy it gives them something to do and there's so much marketing free marketing that comes from that so i, I the roi is just you cannot put a, it's intangible a, but you're 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 making you're creating the best possible guest experience and then you're kind right. of letting the bookings reflect exactly that as right. well yeah. Uh, yeah and and um yeah and, and you've heard it here first by the way if you want to see bigfoot then head to uh, head to broad river campground that's right um so <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and talking about scary stuff, uh, I was watching you on um, Charlotte today, and that that wasn't scary itself. That was a great appearance. You're a very good salesman and marketer. Um, but but on that show, you were talking about how you were doing a Halloween special, which you called Camperween. So you yep. know, a series of events for Halloween, and obviously you know that kind of uh, lends itself to what you were talking about just then. Um, so tell us a little bit more about that, what that consisted of, and and yeah, you know how that worked for your business. Sure. So obviously all the big holiday events, all the big holidays we do major events for. Fourth of July, 
um, uh, Camp Ween, uh, Thanksgiving. We're going to uh, do a Nobby Claus this year, not necessarily a Santa Claus, but a Nobby Claus. So a lot of your big holidays, we, we, we try to beef it up. And then obviously every weekend we have activities going on. Uh, Halloween in general has taken off in the RV industry massively. Um, all of your parks are normally fully booked. It's just a big, cool thing to do. Go, the parents can have a good time, go to an RV park, it's relaxed, and you do trick-or-treating. Um, so last year we tried it, our first year, first weekend, we were fully booked. So, you know, me being me, I always like to push the limits. I said, let's do two, two weeks in 2023, fully booked. I don't know what we're going to do in 2024. <laughs> I'm thinking three weeks, but, you know, we'll see. Um, and it's just a, it's a, it's a Campoween event. We have all kinds of activities going on. It's Nobby's most favorite time of the year. He gets to be himself, and he fits right in. Uh, we do pumpkin carvings. We do face painting. Uh, we do Nobby's magical pumpkin patch. We do all kind, We do a haunted, uh, friendly haunted hayride. Nobby fights off all the goblins. <laughs> it's a great time for the parents to cut back and have fun, kids to dress up. We give out trophies for the best decorated cabin, can, uh, the best decorated costume. Um, we did all, I think we gave out 15 trophies this year uh, every weekend. So uh, it's a good thing to create uh, for the campground. It's a good atmosphere to create for the for the clients. It's a family friendly, and I'll be honest with you, it's really cool to be there and just see people going around trick or treating and, and, and collecting candy. And it's just a fun, friendly environment, and it's it's great for the park. And it's great for the guests. Yeah, and presumably, you know, end of October is when you would expect to start seeing bookings and reservations um, slow down uh, at a campground. You know, it's an outdoor place. It's probably going to be colder. It's just not not peak season. So I presume that's had a a big effect on your your occupancy rates and, and what they usually would be right so summer's always big for every campground primarily because kids are out of school uh, most people take their vacations so yes th that that's that's your primary source uh, of income during, during the, those few months memorial day to labor days big big travel days uh, i'll be honest with you though we've been very very successful on fully booking the park on the weekends after labor day um, this weekend matter of fact and next weekend we're still fully booked and there's no major holiday no nothing going on uh, we're in the north carolina mountains so the leaves are changing so a lot of people travel to us to see the leaves the leaves at the park are amazing um, and i think a lot of it has to do with events that we do we're still promoting we're still doing weekend events and uh so yeah we still go with there um, we were very surprised last year in november december to still be a lot of fully booked uh for travelers traveling for to see their families during uh, the holidays um, through the week, it's a little slow, and that's normal because you know, kids are back in school, parents are working. But our weekend activity is doing very good. One way we, one thing we do to promote ourselves to offset that is we accept monthly rentals um, from like November to April first. Um, we're actually going to open that up a little bit, um, and we're now considering taking maybe some more longer-term rentals um, now that we're bringing on another 40 RV sites. So that opens up to traveling nurses, contract workers, stuff of that nature. So. Um, we, we weren't able to do that on phase one because I only had 16 RV sites. So it was very, we had to kind of limit that. But now that we're going to be at 56, uh, we're kind of opening and, and, and relaxing the rules a little bit. And we're happy to have weekend people, monthly people, you know, long-term people. We're, we're really excited about opening that up. And, you know, you've, you've obviously do, you do Campoween. Uh, you extend all the way towards over, over, the, over the Christmas holidays as well. Do you do special Christmas uh, events as well? We're planning on this year. We didn't too much last year again because it was our first year in operation. We didn't know what bookings were going to look like. Wound up being fully booked. 
So, uh, so let's just say uh, Amazon Prime ordered. Uh, uh, there's been a Santa suit order, and uh, I think Nobby may be making an appearance, and we fully plan to do some activities uh, during Christmas. And like I say, instead of Santa Claus showing up, it might be Nobby Claus. And, uh, so we're super excited about that. We're going to have a, uh, a big uh, uh, New Year's party, and ha- we're you know can't give away all the details, but I think it might have something to do with a uh, a polar plunge and maybe a bonfire. So, uh, so we're we're still working the details out, but we're we don't plan on stopping. And, and that's one great thing about my development group is is they 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 see the vision, they believe in the vision, and we don't ever want to run idle. Um, and we'll do whatever it takes to to go wide open and keep going. And so that's the goal. I can't believe you've let slip that Santa Claus's suit comes from Amazon Prime. That's that's really disappointing. Um, and and yeah, I think I think it's really important to emphasise on that. Obviously, you're you're operating quite a large campground hybrid with with RVs and glamping. But you know, a lot of glamping operators, a lot of our audience will be wondering how they can maintain and uh, improve their occupancy rates over the quieter periods. And you know, obviously, you have a very family centric campground. But but there's no reason why, for example, if if you've got like a a, a couple's retreat, you can't do you know classy Halloween Christmas. Camp- Kind of um, specials as well, and, and and those kind of things really can boost the occupancy rates during the the, the, the usual down periods. So uh, I think that's really something to emphasise, and it's clearly worked amazingly well for you. Um, you've obviously made a lot of good decisions uh, during the development, uh, during the, the operation, doing these specials. You've got you know really high occupancy rates. You, you're doing you know really well. Um, can you pinpoint one specific decision that you've made at any point during this whole process that you think has been a key factor to Broad River's success? I would say it starts with the development group. I've got a really good group that stands behind me on my off-the-wall crazy ideas, um, and we split off roles and make it make it work to where no one's working a thousand hours a week. Sometimes that happens, but that's just normal. Um, I would say, you know, for 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 newbies or someone, you know, because I, I in 2019, I, I'm a, I'm a newbie. I'm 2020. I'm a newbie to this RV park industry. Um, you don't have to start big. You can start small, but one of one of our as a group, I think our biggest decisions was is why do you only only want to cater to RVers? Why do you only want to cater to glampers? Like, why not cater to all of them? If if obviously if you can financially afford it and you've got the development group to be able to execute, why why limit yourself on your audience? Why not attract everyone, right? Um, and that was our goal, and it's worked great for us. I'm not saying it's the all in answer, um, but uh, it, it's it's. It's been a pretty cool thing because um, people that RV will stay in cabins and they'll also stay in domes. Now, you're, you're people like me who I don't have an RV, right? I love the industry. I just don't have one. I'm a cabin guy. I'm a glamper guy, right? Um, but, you know, why limit yourself to a selective market inside of this RV industry? Go go after all of them. Take over the world with it. That, that's our philosophy, right? Don't, don't limit yourself. And if you look at a lot of the mega parks, a lot of them do the same. Um, they, they have multiple avenues of revenue, and, and they cater to a lot of people. Um, RVers, people that may own houses there, some of them sell the lots, some of them lease the lots. There, there's multiple sources of income, so don't don't limit yourself on it. Um, you know, go, go after the masses is the way we look at it. Mm-hmm. And to ask you the question that we round off every episode with, are you happy with your decision to start this business? I want to build a hundred more. If that answers your question, so yes, yes, we're we're very happy with it. I would have never in a million years dreamed a guy from a one stop light town would have would have made it and and, and built some campground um, that that he's his name's associated with. Been very pleased with it. Um, even when we started, I mean, man. That I will never forget June of 2022. So a month before we were open, I think I lost about 20 pounds. I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. 
I, I, I was nervous. I did, what's going to go wrong? You know, what's going to happen? Is this going to be a massive failure? And I've got these, you know, these investors in my group that, you know, are, are, are you know, believing in me. So I've got to execute. And, uh, and, 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 and when everybody showed up, I mean, it, it's a surreal moment even to this day when I pull out there to the park on the weekend and I see little kids riding their bike or I see mom and dad driving a golf cart. And I just go back and remember, like, the first time we pulled up on the property, like, that was all woods right there where your cabin is right now. There, you know, there, that was all, you know, there was nothing here. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of one of those concepts of build it and they will come. And we literally executed that. And man, it, it's been a dream come true for me at least. And are we safe to assume that there's more to come at Broad River Campground? There is more to come with Broad River Campground. Once that park is maximized, we're already in discussions of, of further development, whether it's uh, with other partnerships with other developers, whether it's us in house. Um, we're open to discussion. We're, <clears throat> we're, we're obviously we can take a, a piece of raw land and develop it. We may look at uh, uh, purchasing other parks and redeveloping. Um, we're unlimited licensed general contractors. We're not against any conversation on the table. Yes, we we want to go. And and now that we've made this a success and 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 hope it will be continued success, we want to take that model and just replicate it. And if people want to get in touch or book a stay, uh, how do they reach you? So uh, Broad River Campground NC for North Carolina, broadrivercampgroundnc.com. That's our website. Um, you can reach me. Um, my email is Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, at student, S-T-U-D-E-N-T, rental.net, Tyler at studentrental.net. Um, you obviously can call the campground anytime. I'm not, I don't actually work at the campground on the operation side. I'm more on the development side, but if you ask them for Tyler Watts, they'll eventually get, get, get us in touch with each other. Um, happy to have a conversation with anyone out there. Happy to have a booking. If you don't mind, Facebook is one of our biggest platforms. We push to TikTok and Instagram as well, but we have a pretty big following on Facebook for us to be a brand new campground. We'd love for you to go check us out. Follow us. We do all kinds of giveaways, shares. Nobby makes his appearance on there. So uh, so follow us on the, on, the, on the social media platforms. Those are big for us. We track those. We look at those heavily. I try to do a lot of Facebook lives and be funny and cut up and do stuff. So uh, would love for for anyone uh, in, the, in the market to take a look at us. Um, so yeah, we just there's no marketing guru out there in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of big firms and, and they do great business, but we do a lot of it in house. And I'll be honest with you, we just flood it. Just flood. If, you don't, if they don't want to look at it and see us, they can always delete us. And just flood it. Do 75 posts a day. I don't know. Do something crazy, right? Let people know you're alive. You're out there. Facebook Live's been a huge success for us. Uh, quick easy little videos and uh yeah we just push market out there push material out there and we track what went well what didn't go well and just grow it from there fantastic well people should definitely check that out as well i know people are always looking for advice on the marketing side of things so uh, our audience should absolutely check that out um tyler it's been an absolute pleasure really enjoyed it um it's great to get a bit of a different perspective we don't usually get the campground rv side of uh things on this podcast so it's good to hear a little bit about about that because i know there'll be people in our audience who, who are interested sure. in that side of things so um thank you again uh, you've done a great job selling your your campground as well so um yeah i'll be looking forward to hearing your progress and, and your future plans yeah, I appreciate you letting us be on here. I'm actually presenting at Arvik here next week. Uh, we are our, we are up for Park of the Year, which is ex uh, an honor just to make the top three cut. So super excited about that. I'll be at the Camp Campers Expo in Branson, Missouri, presenting as well. And then I'll be in Carvik 
at Myrtle Beach in February presenting again as well. So we'll, I, I'll be out and about if you don't catch me at Arvik or one of the conferences. Uh, or if you do catch me, let me know you've seen this. Happy to have a conversation with you and, uh, and catch up. That February one might be best because I think this is going to be coming out in December sometime. So uh, we Perfect. might just miss yeah. our, our Vic bit, but it okay. certainly works. Okay, well, yeah. well, thank you again, Tyler. It's been an absolute pleasure. and really enjoyed having you on. Thanks.